Hello everyone and welcome to season two of the Figure Forecast. We're on our second year of making this. Um, hopefully it's, an, it's a better year than the first. We've got to keep improving. As always, I'm your host, King Damo, and I'm joined <laughs> by my good friend Sam. How are you doing, Sam? Yes, peasant Sam here, at your service. Maybe I should do the Cockney accent. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep this King thing going until the next King of the Ring. Yeah. Well, here we are. We're back. Season two. Ready to talk wrestling. Hit me up, Damien. What well, are we talking? I think we should focus on one of the biggest kind of stories that have come out of 2022 wrestling so far. In its embryotic stages of the year. It's yeah. very, very early. Two, two weeks in and we've got a big story. But we're at the kind of beginnings of big wrestling stories. It's the road to WrestleMania, as I think they've started saying. Royal Rumble just around the corner. But... Yeah. Surprisingly, Brock Lesnar has been on TV a lot recently. Yes. And somehow picked up the WWE Championship at day one, or as it was in the UK for us, day two. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away, as I asked, but what are your thoughts, Brock Lesnar being WWE Champion? I'll be honest, I know when we were talking, when we were together early in the show, we predicted Big E to, to, um, to retain. I feel like we should have known better because. WWE have got a history of doing that. Late additions to title matches, randomly winning and shocking everyone. So it's not that much of a shock, to be honest. It was a shock that Big E lost, and I was sad that Big E lost. But I can see why Brock won. Yeah. And it's going to lead to a really good story of Roman. And I think it's just another case of WWE stumbling into an amazing story, though. Yeah, they obviously. The happenstance of Roman uh, catching COVID meant that his match had to be called off, which obviously would have put like, a bit of a panic into WWE. What what are they going to do? It would be really interesting to know what the original plans were. I have a feeling Big E was going to win, but... I think that's what I've read, Big E retaining. Yeah. But it would have been interesting how they would have built to SummerSlam, not to SummerSlam, to Royal Rumble <laughs> um, with the original plans. And whether it would have been better or worse, I feel like it might have been worse. No, no offense to to Big E, but the match we've we're being offered now has kind of been a dream sort of bout for a while. It feels big time, doesn't it? And I, I'm not sure it would have felt quite the same no. with Big E. And it's nothing against Big E. It's just kind of Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley yeah. has been a match talked about years. Yeah, since Bobby came back to... They've pretty much mirrored each other's careers to an, a degree. Both have done MMA. Yeah. Both are uh, huge wrestlers. So, so it's going to be a big match. It feels kind of WrestleMania-worthy yeah. to me. They're like, going big for Royal Rumble. Yeah. Both matches. Uh, Roman yeah. and Seth also feels quite big. It does. It feels big. I like how they've done all of their video packages to pretty much cut out the third member of the Shield. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, you remember guys, you remember the Shield, that massive tag team that was just a tag team and it wasn't a trio. Really, it definitely wasn't a trio. Really neat touch <laughs> I felt uh, last week on SmackDown was Seth Rollins knocking with the Shield. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, a, it's a subtle moment. Like they didn't have to do it. They could have just had exactly the same. He knocks, walks in, does his laugh, would have accomplished the same thing. But the little little nod to the shield there was like, I did quite, like quite that. nice. Well, well done, whatever writer came up with that idea. Yeah. Um, Golden but, star for you. Yeah, I hope a biggie 
gets back into the title picture soon, even potentially winning the Royal Rumble. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's worked out perfectly for him because there's nothing, um, there's nothing else out there quite like the Royal Rumble to reheat a person this day. That Rumble win, win shoots you right to the top. So it can reheat Big E overnight almost. Yeah. It's, it, day one is the perfect opportunity to drop a title yeah. and uh, still have something big. Because even if you're not going straight back into the title match, building a story into WrestleMania, you can have a big story elsewhere and then get back into top pitch later it's it's a good opportunity for WWE to mix them mm. some things up and they've done it well this year yeah um hopefully that's something they can continue if they do a day one pay-per-view every year is a little bit of the unexpected i enjoyed it yeah i was a little surprised that brock won yeah it, it seems weird to say brock lesnar wins everything but it it felt like they just put him into that match so he was still on the card yeah and <clears throat> It was just going to make the rest of them look quite strong as they build up to beat him down, have some good spots. And I was a little lost for words, kind of, when he won. I was like, I think I, I think I tweeted out like that's going to be worthy of some discussion. A lot, of, a lot of people might hate it, but we're getting a really good Brock Lesnar at the moment. He's on TV each week for a start, which is pretty much unheard of with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he's cutting his own promos and he seems like he's having fun. I think I said it last episode, I've definitely been saying it uh, when discussing wrestling. Brock Lesnar is at his best when he's having fun. And he's clearly having some fun right now and it, it shows and it makes it more enjoyable to watch. I'm having fun watching him. Yeah. I think this is my favourite Brock Lesnar ever. Uh, the next big thing Brock Lesnar, like back in the day, yeah. was a really good one. Obviously, that was his like. He was he was on the show all the time, and he was really good as that kind of role. Even getting like proper long matches out of him. But since he's come back, this is yeah. I I, I really liked the first iteration of Brock when he came back when he was destroyed just Cena MMA destroyed Cena. But they kind of killed that off by having yeah. Cena win that match, mm. even though it was he was pretty good. I think he blooded him in like a. That was scuffled before as well. It, it was quite an intense thing, but I think this is the best. I think that beats that for me. Yeah, it definitely does for me. Farmer Brock, he's he's just so funny. Yeah, and like we've seen hints of him having some sort of comedic element with Boombox Brock with the money in the bank and stuff. But it looks like he's just having fun, like you it's, say. It's even like a little bit cheesy, but it's great because it's him. He's legit. Kind of. Mate, so he has had that joke with Bobby, the knock-knock joke. Yeah. Who's there? Bobby, Bobby who? Exactly. It's such a <laughs> cheesy joke. I feel like this is what Brock is like in real life. If you were to yeah. meet him, I feel, feel like he just takes the piss because he can. Because yeah. it's Brock Lesnar. Who's who's going to tell him not to? But if he took the piss out of me, I'd be like, yeah, Brock, that's fine, mate. That's fine. <laughs> Do whatever you want. The other thing I thought was pretty good with him this week on Raw was the change from jokiness to uh, Paul Heyman, he just, he just cuts him off, just that stops switch. him, just switches some of that more uh, aggressive version of, uh, of the character, which is really good. I think he's a face. I think he is. He's got a face. I mean, Lesnar's always going to be uh, a tweener. Yeah. But 
and it, he's definitely being pushed more as the face in the story. It's like Roman, he was, Roman was definitely the heel. Bobby, Bobby Lashley. I feel like it sounds weird, just keep calling him Bobby. I feel uh, like Bobby Lashley is kind of in a transition to being a face at the minute. Yeah, it's a bit, it can get a bit complicated sometimes following certain characters because if they're not explicitly doing bad things, it's like cheating. Yeah. So it can be a bit hard. Uh, Roman Seth is another one. <clears throat> Which one is going to be the face? I think they have to lean on Seth being more of a face. And I think yeah. he has been that a little bit more. I think they're going to do it. Seth as a heel. They're both going to be heels, but Seth's going to act like a face. Yeah. Play I think that, to the crowd a bit. I think that's yeah. kind of what he's been doing a lot with this kind of persona anyway. He's definitely still a heel but he's pretending that everyone is cheering him and yeah. he loves everyone. I think it's going to be that kind of thing. But I hope Seth doesn't go full on face because I feel like that's the worst Seth that yeah. you can get. I, I really don't like face Seth. Heel Seth is much better for me. Just going back to Big E, I feel like um, now he has lost the title, I'm a little bit worried about my Royal Rumble prediction of Matt Riddle winning. Yeah. Although... I still think that now he's dropped the tag titles with Randy, I think there's a chance he wins. Yeah. I, I think there's a chance he wins the Rumble. I My early prediction for the Royal Rumble is kind of out the window, as it is rumoured that Xavier Woods is he's injured. injured. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I predicted him to win the Rumble, or if I just predicted that he was going to beat Roman for the title. I don't remember. Let's just go with that you predicted him to win the Rumble and uh, you've already lost. It wasn't a true prediction. It was kind of an early... <laughs> it was way too early to actually predict that, I'm sticking but... with Riddle. I I, uh, I put it out there. It's on audio. It's on the file. It's on the web, man. I've got to go with... Uh, I've got to go with Riddle to win. I'm, I'm optimistic for Big E, but we've still got two weeks of shows to... To watch. We still don't know a lot of people that are in yeah. the Royal Rumble. We know pretty much everyone that's in the Women's Rumble. Which actually does lead me to another talking point I wanted to bring up. Uh, they've announced the Impact Knockouts champion, Mickie James, for the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Which is surprising for several reasons. Not least, she's not with the company. Now, there were, were a couple of wrestlers... Uh, announced who aren't with WWE but the fact that she is champion for another company and they mentioned them by name and on their social medias they, they build her as the Impact Knockouts champion is very surprising for WWE yeah. now whether this leads to something else I don't think it will but it's it's another it's that forbidden door yeah. thing that everyone talks about. It's a, it's looking through it a little bit, poking a finger through. The wrestling fan in me gets excited and thinks, well, if Mickey James is coming back and they're opening up a possibility, who else could come back? And then the cynic in me goes, but is this them kind of just doing a um, like making good what they did when they released her the whole possessions in a bag thing if you know what I mean it, it is potential but the fact that she is champion and she retains her title the following night after the announcement um, 
is interesting because potentially could appear with the belt. By all accounts, she's going to appear with the belt. Yeah. I think one of the owners of Impact have said that she's going to be appearing with the belt, which is unheard of for WWE. Yeah, so regardless of whether it leads on to something bigger or not, I do think it is a good a good thing because it shows that at the very least, even if it is just to kind of apologise to Mickey James, at the very least that WWE are open to the concept of working with other promotions, which is something that would have been unheard of a few years ago. Well, from what I was reading, the last time they'd properly done something like this crossover is, I want to say, early 2010s, when Ric Flair was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He was with Impact at the time, and WWE let them have Christian to wrestle Yeah, at one of their pay-per-views. That's the last time they've openly worked with any wrestling company it just happens to be impact and that's together. going the other way as well that's yeah that was a wwe superstar going yeah. over to impact where this is an impact superstar coming to wwe mm. which is much different much different i do want to pose a quick little question to you though if they've announced this one and that means they've got a bigger surprise kind of waiting in the wings which you'd like to hope it is like this is the teaser to get some Impact fans tuning in, maybe there's a bigger surprise either in the women's or in the men's. Who would you, who do you think a surprise men's entrance could be, and who would you want it to be? There's kind of two separate questions, but I feel like the men's one. I feel like there's a really high possibility it could be Chris Jericho. I was thinking the same thing. Because he obviously did the Stone Cold podcast last year, didn't he? Um, I don't know what reaction he'd get, though, from WWE fans. I, I guess probably he'd get cheered. Cause... I think Chris Jericho is the kind of peak. If it could happen, it would be him. Yeah. Kind of thing. He has a history with WWE. The WWE fans know him. Yeah. Even if they're solely WWE fans, they're going to know him, they're going to cheer him. And from what everything he said when he left WWE to do that match with Kenny Omega, Vince was very supportive of that. Now, and it seems like they've still got a good relationship. I saw a post <laughs> on Twitter, I wish I could remember who, who posted it, but saying, what if there is an AEW I think you've seen exactly crossover. what I said. Are you going to say two initials and then a four-lettered word? Yes, but no. Okay. What if... <laughs> Cult of personality hits and everyone goes mad thinking WWE have got AEW CM Punk to come back for the Rumble. But it's MJF that comes out. That would be amazing. And that is someone that I was thinking of as well. Because on Dynamite every week, MJF has been um, referring to the bidding war of 2024, which is when his contract's yeah. up and he's made, he's just making light of reports or online of WWE being interested in it. He would be amazing if he came out. No. That's, I, I think that's purely fantasy. I don't think we're going to get something of that caliber, but I think that would be amazing because it would further a storyline for AEW. And would get a, I think it would get a good, a good big reaction because they could troll with the cult personality, yeah. which is going to be recognizable to pretty much every wrestling fan. Uh, especially if they were watching when Punk was uh, in WWE. 
and then that will get some heat on MJF. He's, he's a heel. That's kind of his thing. That'd be amazing. I I don't think an AEW wrestler is going to appear. I think that's a pipe dream. But I yeah, it was an interesting little talking point. No, I tend to agree. But I do think that there, if it was to happen, it's Chris Jericho. He's odds-on favourite. The other one I've heard mention is formerly the wrestler formerly known as Zack Ryder. The only question with that is is problem of them of his, of him having he has a new name he's not Zack Ryder anymore it's Matt Cardona, Cardona yeah. which, which kind of <laughs> kind of muddies the crossover yeah. thing uh, Mickey James is really easy she's Mickey James in both yeah. Yeah, they don't so I've seen people um, say perhaps the Iconics will come back but now they're now known as the inspiration yeah. and like you say it'll, it'll muddy waters so yeah, it isn't a. Is Zack Ryder a big enough name to come back? Would I mean, he get that bigger pop? I don't that's know. That's the thing. In WWE, he wasn't, but in, as as he is now, he is big. He's, he's, he's not that big. He's, a, he's, he's, he's in he's that been doing some good things. He's in that transition from not doing anything in WWE to becoming yeah that that huge yeah uh, wrestling star. Um, I think he'd be very vanilla. He came back. I don't think he is very vanilla. I don't think he's anything special. I've liked some of the stuff I've seen. He's uh, been doing some of the death matches. Yeah. In forgive me if I'm wrong, GCW with Nick Gage who appeared on AEW and stuff. He's been doing some cool things, but yeah, I, I just don't think at this particular time he's a big enough name to come back for that huge pop. Probably huge not. pop. Um, but yeah, that's maybe. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. If there is this impact for written door open, AJ Styles' music hits and Hornswoggle comes out. That could be quite funny as well. That would be hilarious. Like, there's there's a lot of potential. Um, I'm not gonna like get in. Oh, it's happening! Like they're gonna have this big yeah. crossover. But it's like I said, it, it's like WWE like poking a finger through the crack of a door, trying to see what yeah. like, test the waters sort of thing. They dip their toes in the pool to see what it's like. And even if that's all we get, it's it's interesting that that has happened. It seemed impossible a year ago. Yeah. Well, the evidence suggests that there is going to be a bigger surprise. That they wouldn't release that the Bellas, for example, are coming back because they're quite a big surprise because Nikki was medically ruled out of competing. So they wouldn't really, and they were some of the biggest stars. They loved the Bellas. They pushed yeah. them all the time. So. They wouldn't release that they're competing in the Royal Rumble if they didn't have a bigger surprise. My mind is failing me and I just can't think of what that would be. No. So it better be good. I'd love it if it was good. Yeah, wrestlers that could return that aren't signed to other promotions. There are there are still quite a few. Lots of uh, releases from WWE this year. Uh, theoretically, any of those could return. I'm not sure why they would. It would be really weird. Well, one name, one male name, has just popped to my head that has a really good relationship with WWE and has been talking glowingly about his time there. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. He's gone to AEW, but he's, he's always said how much he enjoyed his time at yeah. WWE. And the Bellas are back. Exactly. And there's, there's Tony Khan has said he doesn't mind like yeah. the crossovers because it gives publicity to AEW. So. And it would do... It would do um, some views for, for WWE, so I think it's win-win if he yeah. does come back. Uh, it would be a dream for 
there to be some crossover between AEW and WWE. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen really because realistically, AEW don't need it. I think WWE would benefit from it more than AEW would. So why would they? Why would AEW want to help out the competition? Well, I mean, the the facts are that WWE do have higher viewing figures. They have a bigger audience. Like yeah. if you say wrestling to Joe Blogs on the street, they think WWE, don't they? I, I guess there is kind of that. They might be able to bring over some of the more casual, yeah, casual fans. But I think in terms of what it can offer, story potential and stuff like that, it, it would bet it would benefit WWE much more. It's like if you could get, um, I can't think with WWE name. Why is his AW name completely blank from my mind? Describe him. Uh, it's Dean Ambrose. I can't think. John Moxley. Jeez. Completely blank. I had it a minute ago. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it while you were talking a moment ago to bring it up, and I completely forgot what his name was. Um, John Moxley, because you said we've been doing some of the Shield stuff. John Moxley coming back as John Moxley would offer such a dynamic kind of moment for a Shield storyline, but you know, it's not going to happen. It's it's kind of like doing a crossover between Marvel and DC. Mm. Like, it would be amazing. Like you're watching the next Avengers, and they're like, "Don't worry, we, we, I got help." And Superman turns up. You're like, <laughs> "What the fuck is going on? This is amazing." But it's, realistically, it's never going to happen. But it's it's an interesting fantasy kind yeah. of uh, booking. I concept. think just in general for the Rumble. They've got to have something big planned. I don't think they have got something big planned. Because yeah. what a lot of people forget, and what I've forgotten, is that this is the first Rumble back with fans in attendance. Of course. Yeah. We didn't have them last year. No, exactly. It, it's, it's easy to forget because it kind of feels normal to have fans back now. Well, we'll, but, well, obviously, when we get to doing predictions next episode, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll throw in some uh, surprise yeah. return guesses. Um, I've got a few names running through my head, which I feel like I want to save for that episode. Just that's fine. Yeah, don't you want to spoil the idea. Um, but there's a couple of people in the wrestling world that we haven't mentioned yet that I feel could make appearances, both for the men's and women's rumbles, which could be interesting. Now, as it's our first episode of the new season. I reached out to a, a couple of wrestling fans that I know and asked for a couple of little questions that we could we could go over. I'm just going to quickly look those up. So our first question comes from uh, one of our listeners and one of my friends, James, and he has asked us, who is our guilty pleasure wrestler? So a wrestler that is not very popular, kind of in the wider audience, but we enjoy watching. Well, I've, I've mentioned it before, but for me it's The Miz. I've always just had a soft spot for The Miz. I loved him when he was younger. When I was younger. And he was younger, I guess. That's how time works. Yeah. That is time. Um, but yeah, for me it's The Miz. I don't think he's particularly good in the ring, but I've always just found him entertaining for me. How about you? In the past, it would have been I would have said John Cena. Because yeah. I was always a Cena fan. Even during like, the worst, even when it wasn't popular to like, John yeah, Cena. even when he, even when he was getting hate during the worst Super Cena era, I was still a Cena fan. Sure, I didn't like that he was always winning, but I enjoyed watching him. Him on the him on the mic was always entertaining. Yeah. His matches were always 
pretty good, even if he was the wrong winner. Um, and a lot of the audience has turned around since uh, Cena went on to passages new in Hollywood. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and all. Yeah. So I would have said him, but I'm kind of struggling to think um, in current day wrestling who is someone that I enjoy watching that isn't kind of widely loved. Because so many of like the wrestlers are just loved. There isn't many that have big negative connotations at the minute I can think of. I'll be honest, there was one at the time that I think most people liked, and obviously I liked, but now he's a complete douchebag, and that's Ryback. I liked him back in the day when he was challenging against CM Punk. He's a very, he's a very weird uh, situation with Ryback. I have no idea whether what he's talking about online is is true or not. He is just a constant stream he, of he tweets seems on like him. like the world's against him. Yeah, no, it could be. We don't know yeah. for, for certain, but it is kind of a, a Just constant. covering yourself in case Ryback thinks, oh, I've just heard that Damien from the figure forecast talking shit about me. I'm going to go to Northampton and get him in the... What did he used to do? I can't even remember what he did. That's how memorable he was. Meat Hook Clothesline, I think, was his finisher. <laughs> meat Hook Clothesline. <laughs> oh, what... Perfect for a meathead. I think that's what he did first. He picked him up, and I can't think what his slam move was. It was like a... Oh, it's going to bug me now. It's like an elevated Samoan drop, almost, kind of. If situation. you're listening to this and you know what we're talking about, tweet us at the figure forecast. Yeah, I'm sure anyone who knows mm. what we're, we can't remember now is shouting it at their phone. Like, it's this move. Meat hook clothesline. What a dick. It might even be Ryback himself going, how, how can you guys not remember? Um, he Yeah, he was quite entertaining in his run in WWE. Yeah. Um, someone else I, I quite... He's, he's not getting kind of the hate at the minute, but Randy Orton quite often gets hate for his matches. He's so boring. I just can't... I but don't like him. For the simple reason of that RKO, and you never know when to expect it. When he hits one of those, um, like... Those clip-worthy ones. I just always like what, just in case that happens. Yeah, granted, like, granted. The thing is, I think Randy he knows Orton, it. I think that's why he wrestles with such a slow uh, start. Probably. He knows he's got your eyes because you're waiting for him to do that the, move. The thing is, with Randy Orton, he gets you into a false sense of security. Like he goes through a couple of months being amazing, like with RK Bro at the minute. Yeah. I honestly can't fault the storyline that they're in. I think the work that they're doing is awesome. But then, after come after WrestleMania, it'll be back to normal Randy Orton. And you're just like, oh my god, I would rather rip my eyes out than watch this guy. He's <laughs> so boring. That's what it is for me. He has yeah. little flashes of being good. Like when he was with the Wyatts, if you remember that. He, he, um, yeah. He, he managed to get himself into the Wyatts. That was good. And then after that, oh, back to boring Randy Orton. Uh, the, the other one, and it's purely for the... Uh, from the guys at Cultaholic who have made me enjoy this, but he's watching Tamina just for how enthusiastic they are with kind of all aboard the Tamina train. And there's no one meaner than Tamina. Yeah. Like they've got me, they got they got they got me hyped on Tamina when all that was going on. So I've got to mention that one as well because like she had two matches at WrestleMania last year, one on each night. True. And she had the most women's wrestling was Tamina and. A lot of people did not like that, but... The crowd were behind it, weren't they, from what I remember? Yeah, a lot of people online did not like it, but the crowd 
and select groups of people, including me included, were like all aboard the Tamina train there. So that there was... is nobody Mina. And Tamina. What's the next question you got? Yeah, those are our guilty pleasure uh, wrestlers. And another question from one of my friends and wrestling uh, fans, Dave, has asked, what is our favourite wrestling gif or meme? Now, we live in the era of memes at the moment. And there's loads of great ones, but there are a few wrestling ones that pop up. I'm going to say the one that kind of I got tired of first. Okay. And that is the invisible John Cena. Yeah. Meme. It's a bit overplayed at this point, and there's not really any new layers to it. It's just commenting on a picture of John Cena being like, I can't see him. <laughs> it like, still makes me laugh. I'm not going to lie, it still makes me laugh. There's two gifts that come to mind when uh, when you t- asked me that question. The first is the pounce from Keith Lee onto Adam Cole, where he throws him into the crowd. Yeah. And it just disappears. It's just amazing every time. And the second is whenever sort of a high-profile WWE uh, superstar wrestler is released, there's this gif of Cody Rhodes that zooms in on him and he cups his ear like that. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me chuckle every time. Yeah, it's one of those... I never get tired of that either. I really want someone on the Indies who's, who is going to sign for WWE to recreate that GIF and then sign for WWE. Yeah. Because I think that would be a hilarious troll. Do you remember on one of the first AEW shows we watched, it went backstage and Kenny Omega was at the computer typing. They turned to the camera and did that smiley yeah, face like that. The smiley that thumbs GIF. up face. Like yeah. Of, yeah. Um, the, the only one that's really kind of jumping out, I see it a lot and it's, you can be quite creative with it, and it pops up quite often. Is the Vince McMahon reaction GIF? It's sometimes done as a GIF, sometimes done as a set of images to reacting to a situation improving. And it's where he—I can't remember what the actual footage is. I think it's something a bit pervy is is doing, if I remember correctly, with some of the some thinking. of the women back in the day. But he. He's got a big grin on his face, his eyes are like excited and he falls off his chair at the end. Yeah. And I think that's probably my favourite wrestling. Yeah. Um, because it's it's so usable. There's like, so many out there, but that's literally what came to the top of our head. So yeah. if you've got any out there and you're, you're listening, send them to the Figure Forecast on Twitter. Yeah. At the Figure Forecast. I'm sure we'll have a... We'd like to see your favourites. A bit of a laugh with them. Definitely. Got any more questions? Uh, I've got one that I, I was kind of using it as an example <laughs> to tell send to people um, wanting to get a little bit of thoughts from some uh, some other wrestling fans about what we can talk about here and the one I came up with so I've had a little bit of time to think but I haven't been thinking about it too much so I've not got a, like a long answer planned out is best wrestler cameo in a movie now I don't want to talk about them in a starring role so we're not going to really delve too much into like The Rock, John Cena and Batista here although that is a topic we could cover another time. But just a time you've seen a wrestler or wrestling in a movie, and be like, I like that. I'll be honest, it's not a movie. It's a TV show. That will be fine. An Australian TV show called Neighbours. Okay. Which is on here at 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock, I believe, on Channel 5 in the UK. I used to watch that on sick days when I was back at school. I used to watch Neighbours as well. It was great. I, I really don't know if I was dreaming this now that I'm saying it. I think we might have to look it up. But I swear, my brother uh, used to watch it. Dale, he used to watch it every day religiously. And one day I just remember walking in and a kid with his mum went into a 
cafe and he was being bullied at school or something and then they look over and Batista's there. Now Batista <laughs> isn't playing anyone. <laughs> Okay. He's not. He's he's not playing Batista. He's just playing someone else. But he has a lunchbox, like a, a like a Marvel lunchbox, say, eh? like a nerdy lunchbox. And it turns out that he collects lunchboxes. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that is a true fact. Yeah, so he collects lunchboxes, and uh, he, he pretty much says to the kid, "Don't worry, kid. It's okay if you're different. <laughs> you can turn out to be like me or something." Now, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I've got the premise 100% right there, but I'm 99% sure I, I walked in and saw Batista in Neighbours. I really hope that that's true. I, I feel like it'd be quite difficult to find it, but it would probably be on the internet somewhere. But I really hope that's true because it's that very wholesome cameo and not where I thought it was going. Um, I think one of the big ones, and I don't know, where, I suppose you, it would still be a cameo, um, is uh, Spider Man 1. Macho Man Randy Savage as yeah. Bonesaw. Um, I love it because obviously it's it's two, it's two of my favourite things. It's wrestling and Spider-Man. But it's, it, I think it's quite interesting when you think about what that actually shows in that movie because I never, never really thought about it until I watched it recently with the, the new movie that came out. Mm. We kind of decided to watch all of the Spider-Man movies and it just kind of clicked. That either exists in a world where professional wrestling is a legit combat sport, kind of like a UFC style thing, and they've just invited some random guy off the street to have a fight in a steel cage with effectively Randy Savage, which is terrifying concept. If or Spider-Man has gone to a wrestling, a local wrestling event, signed up as a wrestler, and not realised it's fake. Yeah, and that's hilarious. Um, the the other, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a cameo, but it's spotting wrestling in a movie, and it makes it, it kind of stands out because uh, kind of kind of your reaction to it at the time as well was seeing John Cena versus CM Punk wrestling match in the background of, I think it's Hangover 3? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go into a pawn shop and the uh, the woman behind the counter is watching it on TV. I kind of remember that. And I'm pretty sure it's hang the Hangover 3. But I remember sat in the cinema watching it and you just kind of looked at me when it was on screen. Like, wrestling? It was just like the knowing look. Yeah, it's that just that kind of... It's, it's out. It's there. It's in the wild. And then watching it, I think a second the movie like a later date, and being like, oh yeah, it was this match. Like I think yeah. it's their Raw 2000, Raw 1000, yeah, whatever probably. number it was on at the time. It was a big match between them. John Cena uh, took a pile driver from Punk. I think that's the clip they show. Um, but yeah, it's just for the seeing yeah. it in the wild sort of thing. There's so many random ones yeah. just around there. Uh, so that's all the questions for this week. If you have any other questions, you can let us know on uh, on Twitter or Facebook and we'll try and answer some more. But I think it's a fun little, little exercise to talk a little bit about stuff not completely related to wrestling, but still involving wrestlers. Um, decided to end this episode with a little bit of fun. Sam has prepared a kind of wrestling guessing game. He's going to give some some clues 
just a, a wrestler. I'm going to try and guess who they are. Hopefully, it sounds good on the listen back. If not, I'm going to have to remove the whole thing. But and we'll never ever talk of it ever again. We'll see how it goes. Um, There's me shuffling papers. I've got okay. So I've got a list of four wrestlers, and I'm going to give you clues of their career, like little highlights of their career, maybe championships that they've won. You've got to guess which wrestler it is. If I can't guess any of these, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. But I think that I have, um, I've, I've done some decent clues, so you should be able to get them. I'm going to start off easy and then, and then get a little bit harder. There's one, the last one's a little bit obscure, but you should know him. You okay, should know okay. him. Okay. So the first one that I'm going to do, just to test you. Right. So this wrestler was in WWE. That's a good start. He was he was there between 2005 and 2009. Yeah, this wrestler was in uh, New Japan in 1981 and 1982. No, so he's in WWE between 05 and 09. Any ideas? Want to give it a guess? Random guess? I feel like I don't want to guess okay, just, in know, case I get, just in case you I get it. I feel like yeah. He was also in TNA and was a TNA champion. Is it an extra clue to find out if he's in TNA first or...? He's in TNA uh, afterwards. Okay. I assume he would be, but I just kind of... Is, it, was, is that an extra clue or...? You can have that as an extra clue. Any ideas? Rough ideas? So, leaves WWE in 2009, goes to TNA, becomes champion. He was part of the Aces and Eights in TNA. Well, I mean, I feel like everybody was part of that. Well, yeah, that's uh, true. See, I, I was thinking Jeff Hardy, but I don't think he was part of that stable, so... It's not Jeff Hardy. This is the clue that's going to give it to you, and this is why it's the easy one. He was fired from WWE for injuring, or nearly injuring, Randy Orton. Oh, is this Mr. Kennedy? Correct. See? So that's the easy one. This gives you a rough idea of what this is. So there's a few names be. going through my head there. Uh, before the final clue there, but yeah. is he still Mr. Kennedy? He was Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. In TNA. I think his real surname was Anderson. It's a bit Matrix vibes. It, it is. It, a, see, in WWE, he would have been given a black trench coat and sunglasses yeah. for that name. I used to love Mr. Kennedy. A little microphone coming down. Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Anyway, the next one. Let's move on. So this wrestler was also in WWE in the early 2000s and returned in the 2010s for a brief spell. He was a WWE champion, he was a TNA champion, and he was also an ECW champion. Is that world champions for, for all three? World okay. champions for all three. So he was early 2000s, left, yeah, and then came back in the 2010s. Yeah. It was also a Money in the Bank winner. Ooh, that narrows it down a little bit. We did cover the all. We did go through all the Money in the Bank <coughs> winners last. He was one of my favourite wrestlers growing up. Not that that gives anyone anything. Not even you, really. He was tag team champion on at least two times in WWE. I can think of. I can think of. A, People, and then there's always one. There's always, like, there's one of the clues that they're not hitting. I'm kind of go through the money in the bank winners in my head. Is I feel that's the. So this is the final clue, which might give it to you. 
Do you want it or do you want to have a guess? I want first? to have a guess first. Okay. And then we'll do the final food. I'm thinking Rob Van Dam. Okay. So he was tag team champion with Booker T and Kane. So it is Rob Van Dam. Well done. <laughs> so you've got two out of two so far. Third one. This man, these are all men by the way. This man okay. was one, he was a member of two of the biggest factions in, in wrestling history. Okay. So not necessarily WWE, wrestling history. Biggest factions in wrestling history. So what, think of some of the biggest factions. So though that could be anything from Evolution, you could even you could even count the Shield. Obviously, there's no crossovers. It could be both of them. You could have Aces of Eight. They were a big one. I'll, I'll narrow it down. You could go old school and go for like the Four Horsemen. I'll um, narrow it down and say um, uh, late nineties uh, and two thousands. Uh, Corporation, the Ministry of Darkness. Um, think bigger. Bigger factions. Think massive factions. Like legendary factions. Um, I don't know. I can't think of back. I can't think of okay. back. Uh, well, let, let me, the Heenan family. That's a faction. Bigger. Oh, Heenan family. All right. Let me give you some other clues, and you might get. <laughs> he wrestled under multiple names. Not that it gives you much. Um, I mean, loads of people wrestled under multiple names. This clue might give it to you. <laughs> I think this clue will think, give it to I think, you. I think it's the factions that has confused me. I've got a few names that I'm thinking of. But right, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll give you the level of factions. So one of the factions he was in was in WCW, and it was the NWO. So that level of factions, so big factions, oh, okay, big yeah. groups. So what's kind of the WWE equivalent? I mean, at the time, it would have been DX. Okay, so that's narrowed it down quite a lot. I'm going to give you there's, the last clue. There's still a lot of members. Yeah, to... I'm going to give you the last clue because you might get. Actually, no. Go on, have a guess. Um, the only one I can think of that was in both was Ravishing Rick Rude. It's not Ravishing Rick okay. Rude, and I think you're thinking Razor Remote. No, I wasn't thinking of okay. it. Um, I was thinking DX and NWO. So. This clue. Okay. I hope it gives it to you because I hope you know this. If not, it's going to be funny. He once tore his anus doing a Bronco oh. Buster. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've, I know the story. Um, interesting enough, that story is brought up in WWE 2K20. Is it really? Uh, I think they allude to it. I don't think they explicitly say it, but I'm pretty sure it's alluded to. That is uh, X Pac. Yeah. Sean it is, Waltman. It is indeed. Oh, the the one, two, three kid. Exactly. You know, got... There's the multiple names. Yeah. Right, this is the final one, which I don't know if you're going to give it, because I've given kind of some elusive clues here, and he's a okay. bit obscure. So his main run with WWE yeah. was in two, between 2003 and 2005. He was also in... I didn't know this until I researched it earlier. He was in WCW in the 90s, and he had a brief run with New Japan. He went to TNA after his run in 2003 and 5 in WWE. So he's in TNA after WWE. Okay. And he came back to WWE recently as a producer and was fired last year. So none of those things directly helped me. That is an era of WWE I didn't really watch. Uh, I didn't really ever watch New Japan. T 
TNA or anything. So directly, I don't think any of those are going to help. Because I also don't know I all think the producers was, from last year. He was briefly in WWE up until about 2007 yeah. as well, intermittently. Um, okay. I'm hoping some uh, extra wrestling knowledge is going to come in handy in this next bit. Maybe some information I've picked up throughout the years. But So this next clue. In other promotions, and when he went to TNA after WWE, he was known as Flying Elvis. No. <laughs> Flying Elvis? Flying Elvis. Wait, was that was that his ring name? That was his ring name, Flying Elvis. Oh God, I haven't got a clue. Think that kind of crazy, not crazy. Okay, this is the last one, and it doesn't really narrow it down that much. I'm not going to lie. He competed in the Cruiserweight Open that Hornswoggle won. Oh God, I forgot that even happened. No. When you said Cruiserweight Open, I was thinking like something like the NXT ones, and then I was like, oh no, there was like kind of... They're all of the clues I've got. <laughs> I'm going to search to see if I've got any more, because I don't want to just give it to you. Okay. I'm going to say, if I don't get it, we're not going to give it away in this episode of the podcast. Okay. If I can't get it, you're going to have to wait until next episode to find out who it was. Or I suppose you can just Google the clues, Flying Elvis. Well, yeah, but my... tweet it into us. Um, I'm going to be honest, I am stumped with that one. I'll give you another clue. He tag-teamed in WWE in 2007 and 8 with Shannon Moore. <laughs> and he feuded with Juice and Domino. I feel like I didn't watch WWE in 2007 I don't who, who was Shannon Moore? <laughs> in late 2009. He formed a tag team with Slam Master J in their first match as a team. They lost to the Hart Dynasty on, on the December 10th episode of Superstars. Well, I have no idea. So, um, I'm going to tell you. You can tell me. We'll, 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 we'll tell everybody else next time. Hopefully we remember. Or... <laughs> uh, We'll see if anyone wants to have a guess. You can tweet us, but I, I am stumped. I, I feel like I did okay with the other ones, but my wrestling knowledge is, is really lacking. There. I made it obscure you, on purpose. Yeah, so you, I wanted to make it hard because I, I really didn't think you'd know. You've, you've done well. I um, think to a wrestling fanatic, a WWE fanatic, they would have got that from those clues. If, if there are any listening, you can let us know. And let us know how you think I did. Uh, I, think, I think my wrestling knowledge held up there. I think it did. I have a little challenge for you for uh, for next week. Uh, instead of doing a quiz all the all the time, we'll we'll try and like mix up some of the fun stuff, and uh, you can let us know what you think about each segment. But I would like your ideas about a potential match <laughs> between Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Okay. Now, whether it's something that ever comes to pass is. Uh, kind of a wait and see kind of thing but it feels like there could be a story there and I would like to know your interpretation of that story there are no restrictions on on it it's, it's you are given complete creative control of WWE but only for that storyline what are you doing okay cool um, and uh, we can discuss that next week I'll get a thinking next, and, uh, next episode yeah in a couple of weeks time when we record I'll, um, I'll get that over to you I'm looking forward to that.
Well, hopefully uh, everyone has enjoyed listening to uh, episode one of season two. Season two, baby! Uh, and hopefully we have a very good year of wrestling to talk about. Lots of... Uh, Insert air horns. <laughs> that sounds more like a seal, but carry on. Uh, yeah, hopefully we have lots of exciting wrestling to talk about this year. And um, we look forward to recording the next episode for you soon. See you next time, players. Teddy Lowe. The Undertaker. Oh, dear. As always, thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to follow us and support us, you can do so on Twitter at Figure4UK, on Facebook by searching The Figure Forecast, and we'd like to hear from you regarding your thoughts, and if you manage to guess any of those wrestlers. Stay tuned for episode two. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's me, Cockney Damien, and I'm here to present the figure forecast. Apples and pears, apples and pears. Right, let's let's try that and take two.